You're listening to the Reese Heath 100 podcast. Each episode, we speak to past staff and students about their memories of Reese Heath over the last hundred years. If you have some great memories to share, we would love to hear from you. Please complete the form at reeseheath100.com or call 01270 625 131. Here we are today, been uh, oh, a beautiful May afternoon, uh, partway between uh, Congleton and Macclesfield, and we're at Heaton House Farm, a fantastic wedding venue that I've wanted to come and see for a long, long time, owned by Mick Heath and run by Mick and his daughter Sarah and their team of uh, superb hospitality uh, extraordinaires. It's a lovely, lovely venue. We've actually been here for the Cultivate um, Conference, which is run and hosted by Hills Green Marketing, and I've managed to find uh, an ex Heath student by the name of Danny Newton and Danny is going to talk to us about his uh, experience of Reese Heath. We've discovered many moons ago actually but uh, he's also going to tell us about his business now in farming and also linking to Mick because actually Danny you were here doing your your day release or your your work, uh, work experience. Third year, uh, middle year placement. Middle year placement with Mick. So let's go to you Danny first. Tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, so I'm a dairy farmer uh, in Macclesfield, Goresworth near Macclesfield. Family business since 1956. So we milk just under 100 cows. Uh, we process about 40% of the milk ourselves and deliver to doorsteps in Macclesfield and Goresworth. Yeah. So myself and my dad do a milk round each uh, and share farming and milking and everything between us. Yeah, so it keeps us busy. So I thought today just come and learn some hopefully tips on improving the business leadership etc yeah and and have you enjoyed today yes really good day mm. yeah really enjoyable some great speakers good to surround yourself with positive people who sort of lift your mood change your outlook sometimes and mm. hopefully make you look at your business in a more forward thought mm way and not necessarily stuck in the way you've always done it and I think important to give you that time that 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 I was saying time out of the business to work on the business it's really important isn't it to give yourself the headspace to meet like-minded people and to learn from from others and and take yourself away from the business I have to say I've never met anybody that's actually milks the cows and delivers the milk I think that's incredible (laughs) I I didn't even realize that was was such a thing that must be me coming from from uh, down south where yeah it all comes uh comes on the on the milk round so um tell me about your life at Reese Heath when was that when were you there 2003 I think it was 2001 2003 so the year after foot and mouth so I yeah so foot and mouth was 2001 and I started in September of 2001 so the restrictions had just been lifted through the summer so yeah 19 years ago now yeah so I did the three year uh, national diploma in agriculture so I did which was a sandwich year so one year in Reese Heath and then a, a sandwich year here at Mix and then third year back at Reese Heath so yeah so I did my placement year here milking milking mixed cows so let's go on to Mick tell us about your your farm and your your life here Mick what do we have around us well uh here we have 160 acres uh, dairy farm or former dairy farm I should say I'm the sixth generation of my family to Crikey. be here so it's been a dairy farm since the late 1800s wow so when we eventually took the decision to let the dairy herd go uh, maybe 16 years ago or thereabouts it wasn't a decision we take lightly. It was a very difficult decision to make. We pondered that question for a long time, uh, possibly almost two years, as the diversification project was starting to get busy. Um, the wedding venue was starting to develop. We were getting more and more bookings. So we thought the time has come now to let the dairy herd go mm-hmm. and focus our attention on the weddings properly. 
Brilliant. The involvement with Reese Heath for you, Mick, how did that start and, and develop? It started some years earlier than, than uh, we let the dairy cows go. We'd been having middle-year students for some time from the Dairy Herd Management Programme at Reese Heath. So the middle-year, as we call it, the middle-year students were, were coming here, uh, had been for some, some years, to get some practical experience on farms. It's no good learning just the theory. You've got to learn the practice as well. And we were also helping the, the understanding of dairy herd management from the diet point of view, from the nutrition, from the hygiene, from production. We were looking at all aspects of dairy farm. And I was quite happy to do some experiment, uh, experiments as well to help the students try new things as well. I was always quite engaging with the students. And so if anybody came with a burning desire to try something, either to tweak the ration or to try a new technique, I was more than happy to try it and, and if possible, set up a control so we could see if it worked. Brilliant. And what got you linked together? Did you know each other prior to you, your placement, Danny? Uh, yes, so my dad and Mick were in Young Farmers together a, a while ago, we'll say. Uh, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I, was, I was looking for a placement and I think it came up on the Reese system that Mick was looking for a student. Um, so yeah, mm. came up here and had an interview and yeah, the, so the rest was history, really. So I, I used to, because we're only sort of quarter of an hour away from here where my mum and dad's farm is, so I used to commute up here each day. Yeah, so I did 12 months up here. And, yeah, How was that for you, being that you've obviously been brought up on a farm, you're farming already, your parents are not far away, coming somewhere else for that year's placement? How how did you find that? Were you taking ideas back home or were you sharing stuff with me? What was, what was that like? So obviously when you're on your own family farm, it is generally very much, I think I can speak for most farmers' sons, it is this is how we do it, this is how we've always done it. So coming to mix, it was a completely different setup. The cows were pretty much all on slats, which is something we don't have at home. Dedicated carving pens, everything was very different to our setup. So it was great to see things differently and then have the opportunity to say, oh, well, Mick does it like this, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure every farmer's son has gone home and said, well, we do it like this where we're working. Um, and then you can cherry pick the best ideas, implement them where they work, look at some things and say that won't work. Um, and I've got lots of things that I have cherry picked from other farms and implemented, which have made massive strides forward for us uh, in terms of management. And I think every farmer, when they go onto another farm, looks and sees how other people are doing things to mm. try and think, could I do something easier, better, more profitable? I think that's just the way farmers' farmers' brains are uh, mm. sort of driven, that they look for improvement. Now, I think of Mick as, as the king of diversification because I've not, not been around these parts for long and I've known, known you for a few years. But I do, and I have, I, this is the first time I've been here, but I've always known that you've, you've turned your farm into something amazing, this incredible wedding venue. Danny, have you diversified, like gone from something very different if, or, or you know, are you a very different outfit now? Or is it those tweaks that you, you've mentioned and, and sort of talked about with your dad? Um, so the milk round is something my granddad set up. Uh, so it's 66 years this year since he started delivering milk. Um, so that's something we've built on. Uh, so during COVID lockdown, we had a massive spike yeah, in, yeah. in new customers. It's something we're always sort of pushing for more customers. Um, generally, the improvements we've made have been on the farm side of it. Uh, we, t we Generally, we have two two businesses that run side in. Side by side, we've got the milk round and we've got the dairy farm. Neither of them gets quite enough attention. They both do well, but neither of them does as well as they potentially could do. So, yeah, really 
we haven't really pushed the the business as far as we potentially could do. And mm-hmm. that's possibly one of the reasons I'm here today to sort of look at, you yeah. know, new ideas, things that we could do to improve. Okay. And for you, Mick, you said it was, you say six or eight generations? I'm the sixth. Sixth generation. Yeah. So in order to keep this farm and this, this, your home going for future generations, you've, you've turned it into a wedding venue. Tell me about that process. Um, yes, it was, um, a natural generic process in the end. Um, we started by emptying one of the sheds that we used to house the cows in the winter. We used to empty it out in the spring when the cows went out to grass and wash it out and use it for charity events. So we had a few charity shows in there, just one a year. Uh, and that's how we got started back in 1997, showing my age now. So after we got married, we started uh, putting on these charity shows, which was a great fun thing to do, but also made a nice bit of money for the Heart Foundation, for Alzheimer's research, and quite a lot for cancer research. So that's how we started. The barn, when we emptied it and turned all the cows out, was very echoey, as large barns always are. So in the third year of our charity run, We put in a marquee lining just to line the barn to make it look better, but mainly to make it sound better because I was also working part-time as a mobile DJ as well. So I was quite keen (laughs) on the acoustics. I wanted it to sound better when the band were on performing. And um, the folk group we put on used to have a TV series called Sit Thee Down. They were a band called the Horton Weavers from West Horton in Lancashire. And they came and did a, a show for us, and we made a few hundred pounds each time. I think we got towards a thousand pound on year three. Um, we'd put an extension on the shed and, uh, and put in this monkey lining. And as fate would have it, uh, a couple came to us at the end of the show and said, Oh, you've done a really nice job this year. We love the look of it, and, and it sounds better, and there's even a bit of carpet down. And we were borrowing everything we needed, of course. We were borrowing chairs from village halls and schools. We had nothing of our own, just a, a, literally a cow shed. And, uh, and the couple said, we know someone is looking for a marquee-style wedding, but they've got nowhere to put a marquee-style at home. Could they send them up to see us? So we said, yeah, sure. But we never saw anything of them. Uh, and this was sort of June when we had the event. But in Ju- in uh, February the following year, I had a knock on the door on Sunday morning when it was very bad weather. Uh, I'd just finished milking the cows at the time. I'm going to have some breakfast. There's a knock on the door and somebody came and said, um, I believe you have a barn where we might be able to hold our wedding. And I thought, okay. <laughs> and can we see it? Can we see it? And they were quite excited about seeing the barn. So I said, okay, let's take you across the farmyard. Um, we opened the sliding tin door to reveal 40 heifers feeding at the feed fence. <laughs> it was back to being full of cattle again because it was, of course, middle of winter. Ah. And they said, oh, yes, we like this because we can make it our own. Mm. And I thought they're just being polite. Mm-hmm. But no, sure enough, they came back the weekend after with cameras to take a picture of the cattle inside what was going to be their wedding venue. Crikey. And they booked us and we had a fantastic wedding. And as a result of the wedding being so good, a couple who attended the wedding decided to book it for theirs the year after. Lovely. And it kept growing. So we did two that year, then five, then 12. And then we thought, we're going to have to let the dairy herd go. This this could be something worth doing here. And something that my daughter was more interested in. I think she was about 13 at the time and showing more interest in the wedding venue than she did in the cows. <laughs> so the dairy herd was dispersed. And uh, we developed the, the wedding venue to, to be what it is now. Great. And your daughter, Sarah, is 
very actively involved. Is it, is it, how does that work? Yes, she runs all the marketing for the events company. Uh, so we now have three companies. We have the farm and uh, we've got the events company, which now hosts not just weddings, but conferences like the one today uh, and all kinds of other activities as well. But she's also two years ago started doing the catering. So she started a new company, uh, the Stable Yard Catering Company, are now uh, contracted to do all the catering here. Uh, and they also use some of the meat that we produce here oh, because wow. we still produce still produce beef and lamb. Great. And we also now grow some more vegetables as well and some of the fruit and quite a lot of things from the garden also go into the venue now for part of the catering menu. Great. So there's, it's quite a nice tie-up with the farm and the and the venue itself. You must be very proud of, of what you've achieved and what Sarah's achieved. Do you still DJ? <laughs> no, no, no. The couples are safe now. They can have a proper DJ. <laughs> So back to you, Danny. Tell us about what you're doing with Open Farm Sunday coming up on 12th of June. Um, Yes, so this will be our second time hosting. Basically, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, Leaf Open Farm Sunday, which is linking environment and farming. Um, And the idea is basically it's a national day for all farmers across the UK to open up their gates to the general public. Um, So you can go on their website and it'll tell you where so you type in your postcode and it'll tell you the nearest farm to you um and it can be as small or as large as your farm suits do as much or as little as you like in terms of guided tours just a 10 minute discussion group um you can pre-book so basically ours is open to all it's a free event to all um and basically we're not doing a booking form it's just a case of the gate opens at 11 closes at 10 10 or 11 i think it's 11 11 till 4 gate opens free to anyone who wants to come and we'll just give them a, a tour of what we do through the the milking parlor uh the processing of the milk give them a talk about the housing and tractor and trailer rides we've got uh the vets are going to come and talk about veterinary medicines and such like uh the feed reps going to come and talk about rations um, just try and engage the public generally with what goes on within agriculture that isn't really given a second thought it's Mm. just a case of when they buy something they don't really realize how much has gone into the producing of that product whether it be beef lamb milk Mm. um, and just sort of give them a bit more insight into where their food's coming from and why they should be supporting Mm. british farmers and buying local and what's your farm name how can we find you if you search for newton's dairy on the leaf open farm sunday website so we're SK11. Uh, so if you type in SK11 on the thing, it will come oh, up with, okay. with our farm name. It'll give you a brief description of what you will find on the day. And yeah, open open to all. And obviously, t- if you type in your postcode, it'll tell you the closest one to you. So hopefully within Cheshire, there'll be a few more that are brave enough to sign up to it. Yeah. But it's a brilliant thing to do. It's really good to engage with the public because the... Uh, some of the questions we got two years ago were just fantastic. Things that you would not... It, there, was a, there was a young lad who was on the trailer and he was asking me about uh, why we put nitrogen in the rivers because it gives frogs three eyes. <laughs> uh, and I was a bit stumped at first and I had to sort of talk through the difference between nitrogen and nitrates. And, Gosh. you know, it wasn't... It, it stumped me a little bit at yeah. first, but... It's these things that need to be corrected yeah. because otherwise he'll Absolutely. go through his life thinking mm-hmm. farmers create mm-hmm. frogs with three eyes. Yeah. Um, so it's the, it's little things like that that hopefully it'll educate him and possibly mm-hmm. bring in other people yeah. to the industry and realise how good an industry it is to work within. 
Brilliant. Now let's wrap up, um, go back to the very beginning. This is a Reseath 100 podcast and I'm talking to our alumni network. What did, what did or does Reseath mean to you? What some, I mean, maybe there's a little highlight that you want to share or maybe just something that, that, that Reseath means to you? Um, it was a fantastic three years. I learned a lot of things that I wouldn't necessarily have learned staying at home on the farm. Um, it gives you a good insight into different farming techniques. You make uh, a lot of friends, some of whom have been here today. It's a really good network to have been part of. And I do, yeah, I think as as most people who've been to Reese Heath look back on it very, very fondly. Good. And Mick, I know you weren't a student uh, at Reese Heath, but you have had a long, long-standing relationship with us. So what does it mean to you? Uh, for me, it's an opportunity for people, not necessarily within the uh, agricultural industry, to come and get uh, a first-hand experience. So I know a number of the students who've been here as middle-year students are not from farming backgrounds. And I think it's great that people from, from outside the industry can come and get involved, get a career started in agriculture, and dip the toe in the water and see what it's all about. And that's what I was really pleased to be able to do in helping middle-year students who've had very little experience get some experience in and a real life farm and take their career further forward. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Danny, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are you uh, recruiting VC students now? Not currently, just because of the, the way the farm dynamic is in terms of with the milk rounds, we're right. not there enough. Uh, I, it would, I would love to, but currently not at the moment. That's fine, but we can maybe recruit you to come in and talk to our students about your your experience <laughs> and your business, perhaps. Possibly, perhaps. <laughs> Aren't I mean? Thank you very much indeed, Danny Newton and Mick Heath. It's been really lovely talking to you. And Mick, thank you very much for hosting today. It's been fantastic. Pleasure. You're listening to the Reese Heath 100 podcast. Each episode, we speak to past staff and students about their memories of Reese Heath over the last hundred years. If you have some great memories to share, we would love to hear from you. Please complete the form at reeseheath100.com or call 01270 625 131.